right, so welcome to BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. Uh, today my guest is uh, comedian Jamar Johnson. He's the host of uh, the Verbal Brainstorm podcast and uh, founder of uh, IamJamar.com. So thanks for coming on. My pleasure, man. I'm a, I'm a founder of a lot of other things, too, but we'll talk about those later. So uh, I guess what can you tell us about yourself and uh, the work you do, like your comedy and everything? Well, uh, I've been doing stand-up for, for 10 years now. I started when I was on active duty in the U.S. Navy as an officer. Um, I'm a former Marine, originally from uh, Harlem, New York City, and currently I reside in Hollywood, California. So uh, how did you get started, I guess, uh, with your comedy? Uh, well, I, you know what? It's one of those things where I, I was always funny growing up, but um, I didn't necessarily look at show business as being something to pursue. Uh, I I was kind of fed the the myth that, you know, you had to just go to school and get good grades, and that was the only way to really make it in life, uh, to get yourself, pull yourself out of your bootstraps, you know? Um, so my comedy was really uh, re reserved, and I just used it like a, like a sniper rifle, kind of in class, waiting for good opportunities to make jokes. But um, I just never thought much of it. I just thought it was something that everybody had, to be honest with you. And... Uh... What topics, I guess, does your comedy usually deal with? Uh, I definitely, I think there are some staples when it comes to comedy that, you know, if you're going to be someone who's going to be long lasting, you want to always be able to pull from your own life. So obviously the one thing that we all deal with is relationships, whether that be with our family, girlfriends, baby mamas, you know, all of that stuff. I think you definitely got to just talk about your relationships. Um I'm not too, too, too political. I do some impressions. Uh, I do a pretty good Obama. But uh, I like to talk about my relationships. I like to talk about, you know, being a man, how, you know, how that affects um, relationships, um, aging. Um, I like to talk about, uh, you know, toys. I like gadgets. I'm, a, I'm kind of a techie guy. So I talk about the things that I'm into. And uh, how would you describe, like, uh, your experiences uh, performing gigs and what's uh, the comedy scene like uh, in L.A.? Well, uh, you know, I, I performed all over from, you know, New York City to, to Toronto to Calgary to San Francisco to, you know, here in, in Hollywood. And, you know, the scene is really getting hot right now in L.A. A lot of comedians, uh, actually not enough stages to go around. So I'm actually on the verge of opening up my own venue, just a small little hundred seater, just to have uh, give myself plenty of stage time and also the ability to trade stage time. But uh I would say that, you know, like last night I was I was watching uh, uh, Bill Burr and, and one of my guys I know, Joe Coy, um, uh, perform at this little spot doing like a comedy, you know, rock jam kind of fest. So there's there's all there's a lot of different styles of comedy and types of comedy. And it's definitely it's definitely having a resurgence. Um, so I'm just trying to make sure that I can continue to get better at my craft so I can ride the wave, too. Um, with uh, Gerard Carmichael, um, it, it, comedy is is definitely picking up. It's funny, uh, you know, you can look at things cyclically, and, and as the economy starts to do worse in terms of jobs, more people decide they want to become comedians. So a lot of the, it's funny, like a lot of the fans are people who also aspire to be comedians in a small to a small degree. So it's a, it's a niche in that way, but you know. If good comedians are out there that really know how to really understand the business of comedy and know how to promote and market themselves, uh, they help bring all of the 
all people out to shows more. So it's a good thing. And uh, how would you describe uh, the process of writing jokes and uh, trying them out for the first time in clubs? Um, well, you know, there's a lot of different theories uh, on, you know, how to write a joke. Um, you know, there's, you know, I, I'm not going to give you like an exact number, but let's say there's 21 different theories on how to write a joke. But ultimately, depending on your personality, um, what stuff the audience will accept from you. And I think that you have to build the, the confidence to know that uh, new jokes are supposed to suck. You know, they haven't been chiseled. They haven't been chiseled like steel. Now, some people are just more perfectionist than others, so they don't reveal their new jokes until they're super, super ready. Um, but I, I think that if you're the type of person who likes to have fun, and I, I've been a perfectionist for most of my life in so many other areas, so I really truly just try to have fun and uh, say, you know, say what I think is funny. And uh, so, like, what's the latest news with your comedy, and what do you have planned for the future? Well, you know, I, I do the comedy store pretty regularly uh two to three times a month i produce a show there uh, um once a month and now i'm looking to open it up my own venue because I, I just want more stage time and i do corporate gigs i just did a, a private party i did I, I performed for Dropbox and you know different startup companies so you know it's just keep progressing i'm, I'm shifting actually more into the 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 corporate teaching of of humor and like how to use it appropriately in the workplace because that's where the money's at you know the, you get paid four or five grand a gig doing that uh club wise you don't really make money unless you are the producer and that's one thing a lot of people don't realize but i read a book when i like when i first started pursuing stand-up and it was called comedy faqs by a guy named i think it was dave uh, schwenson but he just talked about the business aspect and uh you know since my undergrads in business and i've always been somewhat of an entrepreneur and hustler i just decided to you know be an entrepreneur and, and learn how to make money at it from square one, even if I don't have 20, 30 minutes, I can produce a show, be the, the MC, have other comedians go on the show and, and make it a quality show. And then at the end, get up again and do some more time and really work on my material, work on my presence. So it's all about hustling, man, and getting up as much as you can. So I guess uh, what advice would you give like to other aspiring comedians? What I would say is stop being a lazy fuck. You're not going to win in this game being a lazy fuck. You know, you, you just if you just want to smoke weed and get fat, be a fat ass, like you have to be a, 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 a 10 out of 10 in terms of funny, which most people aren't. I mean, everybody works at it. You know, people love people like Dave Chappelle, but they don't realize how much hard work he put into it. All of the street performance shows, all of the train station shows, like you, you really don't understand how much goes into being great uh, until you get a chance to see that the people who make it look easy, they work twice as hard as you. And so it makes you work every day. So that's why I like being here in L.A. because you're around the best of the best. So you know you got to step your game up. So work hard. And I guess, uh, what can you say about your podcast and how you got started with that? Well, actually, you know, it's funny. My podcast right now, I think I only have five episodes up, but I have like 25 in a can that i kind of taken down. Because um, uh, up until about eight months ago, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to uh, totally leave the corporate world. So I was kind of worried about some of the content being up. Like, you know, like people really going to sit through a fucking hour of your shit. Um, so I was kind of worried about some of the contents and the things I said. I actually had a, a, a girl I was dating one time, like, tell me, you know, kind of want to break up with me because she was some of the stuff she heard in the podcast. And it was like the shit she was talking about was like jokes. It was like she didn't even 
people kind of hear stuff and because it's in their ear and then maybe they're getting like into a trance, they just think everything is real. So, you know, I was kind of worried about that. So I took a lot of episodes down, but um, maybe I'll put them back up. Maybe I won't, but I'm kind of shifting in a new direction with podcasts because I feel like a lot of everybody's trying to do comedy podcasts. And I think that's I think it's important. But unless you're a celebrity, you know, you're kind of like you're not really to me. Like I would do a, a, a one a one just myself, Bill Burr style podcast just for the the workout effect on your brain. I think that's a great idea. But in terms of me and trying to like have a, a show where you're building something and writing a show and making it quality to me, that's not where podcasts that's not where you get the most leverage out of your time. For me, I think uh, talking to new people is great, um, but I think uh, to me, adding some value, showing people how to make some money, how to free themselves, how to travel more, you know, different companies I I, 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 rep, rep, I represent and do promotions for, like Surf Air, for example, uh, unlimited jets, jet flights all around California. So I, w- I would help people understand that there's a whole world out there of companies and experiences that you can have that you don't have to be rich to experience. But you can live a better quality life and do some things and, and live and you know see the world. And uh, I guess has uh, like your life is uh, your experience as a, as a marine has that uh, come out in your comedy as all at all or? You know what I, I it's that's actually something that I'm working on because um, it's uh, it's very traumatic very traumatic going through Marine Corps boot camp. My father is actually marine. Uh, and my uncle was a Marine. They both were Marines. My uncle told me not to go in to Marine Corps. He said it, was very, it can be very psychologically damaging. And uh, I didn't listen to him because I wanted to prove I was a man. I wanted to prove I was tough. <laughs> and um, so um, I think it's kind of like there's a fine line because you don't want to seem anti-patriotic when you talk about the military. But for me, I would say more bad experiences or unpleasant experiences than fun good experiences but nevertheless i I wouldn't change it i wouldn't i wouldn't go back and change it Nah, i'll I'll take that back if i could go back and not go to military military at all and just go to college um i would have i probably would have preferred that option but you know i took the route i took is anything you learned from it been useful in achieving your goals now or um well here's the thing man Uh, and i'll tell you this this is something i truly believe You know, you can look at experiences like definitely it has shaped me. You know, some people might say, well, you're so disciplined, Jamar. Like, you got to give the Marine Corps some credit for that. Like, yeah, yes and no. My mother taught me discipline. You know, like, let's be real. Like, you you actually end up in life being who you are going to be at around 13, 14 years old. If you're a piece of shit, then you're probably going to be a piece of shit now, you know. But I was kind of focused and I was I always had a job. I always worked. I always Look to learn, read. Uh, I played chess. I, ne- I learned how to make puppets in junior high school. Um, I airbrushed shirts for money. I played on a basketball team. I was the MVP of my team. I was valedictorian. Like you got to understand, it's the cream of the crop where you where you're trying to go in any anywhere in life. And to be the cream, you have to be willing to just work so hard that I don't think most people realize it. And like I was at the gym the other day. Uh, I go. I have like three gym memberships, man, and I just dropped like 20 pounds. Uh, a little bit because of the LA pressure. You got everybody's into health and fitness, and you want to look good. You want to look, you know, sexy and shit. Have your six pack going. And uh, there's this guy in the gym. This fucking dude's like six four, like 180 pounds, lean, ripped. He's like a model, of course. 
But he just talks about like how he has to be so ripped because when he goes to auditions, they have everybody just lift their shirts up and they just walk down the line. And if you're if you're not ripped, you just get told to leave right away. So think about it. That's like the model world. So imagine comedy world is even harder, right? Because how hard is it? It's much harder to make people laugh than it is to fucking make them look at your abs and flex. Like that's that's nothing. So you got to be willing to work hard as shit. And I don't think people most people realize that. And uh, yeah, so were there ever were there ever times like maybe you felt like giving up, like it was too much? Or? Hell yeah! What comedy or the military or what? Uh, comedy. Yeah. Hell yeah! You get you know what you you uh you have uh like put it like this. I don't really have bad sets anymore, but if I have a mediocre set, that should make me think about quitting. That's how much I love it. It's like it's so painful to like not get. Yeah. The response you're accustomed to getting. So you might have three, four, five shows in a row of like great shows, and then that one that's like, uh. but then you realize that you know there's some things maybe you might have been a little off on. But that's why I try to always be present and real about what I'm feeling in that moment. Because if I'm not, if I'm feeling like shit before I go into the show, I need to let them know that so that they un- have an understanding of like why my energy might be a little off or be a little funky. And then you can have fun with that, you know, because then you can be a different character that night. You can be a different persona, a different attitude, which we are all multidimensional characters. Why get up every night and try to do the same character like that's who you are all the time? When sometimes I'm mad. Sometimes I'm a piece of shit. Most of the time I'm a good guy. Sometimes I'm a piece of shit. So uh, do you have like different routines written for those different moods? Uh, no. Well, I think I think um, I think I, I don't write different routines. I think I try to always write from my truth, my truth perspective. You know, so. If I write something and it sounds a little bit too mean, it like if, if I can, I don't just write something in the spur of the moment and then live with it forever. I write something and I think, is this something that I think is evergreen? And that's the stuff that I keep. There might be jokes that I write one day and I never use again because they weren't evergreen enough and they weren't genuine to who I feel like I am all the time. And so I let those go. You got to remember, you only ten, you know, there's a there's a general rule, right? You write a hundred jokes, only ten of them are going to be worth anything. I think it's even less than that. So the idea is to just write as much as you can. Be prolific. I was a lot more prolific in my first three, four years than I am now. But now I, I'm doing a lot of other things. So I'm not just focusing solely on comedy. Before I was just like a psycho. just so. But now it's like I can enjoy life. I can turn it off sometimes. But if something pops out at me, I definitely just keep it, you know, I definitely kind of write it down or I interrupt my date and say, hold on, let me take a note of that. Put it in my Evernote, you know. Because that shit is valuable. And uh, are you ever surprised, like which jokes go over well and which ones don't? Or? Nah, it's not. It's not for me. It's not for me to decide how much people like something. I just know I gotta like it before I do it. And and, and if see, I'm the type of comedian that if if the audience doesn't laugh as hard as I expected them to, first of all, I think having that expectation is kind of lame, you know. And so when I see somebody saying "fuck you," that joke was funny. Um, it depends on if, if I'll say that in a p- super playful way, but not in like a dead serious, like that was the best joke ever. Like, no, like not everybody gets every single slither of your humor. So, but I'll play at it. I'll play around with it like that. Cause that shit was funny when I wrote it, you know, like I'll take the hit. Like I didn't convey it right. Cause a, uh, if you write a tight joke, you know, one word extra and it doesn't work, you know, but if you write a personality type joke, 
guess what? They're going to enjoy the entire ride because they're hearing it from you and you're enjoying yourself and you're having fun with them. And that, to me, that's the main, that's the main goal. So the key I'm up is to. being real, I guess, is what you're saying. I think that makes it when you you don't have to fake real, right? Like being real means you get to be, live in your real emotions at any given point in time. You never have to pretend like that emotion is not there, which we have to do in our everyday fucking lives. We got to go to work. We got to check in. We got to act like we like our jobs. We have to act like we like our girlfriends and our wives or our mothers or our grandmothers. Why can't we just tell people how we feel without it being a big deal? Like, I don't care if somebody's racist. It doesn't bother me. They're eating themselves up. But if they, if somebody felt that they could just tell me, man, I don't like you niggas, and this here's why. I'm like, well, thank you, sir, and I'll see you later. And I'll never spend time in that guy's vicinity again because I know how he feels. And I don't want, and I don't need that energy. But I don't have to take that emotional load just because that's how he feels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, are there any ways you feel you've improved as a comedian or any ways you feel you still could improve? Or? Um, well, I think, uh, I think, I think I'm always improving because I think I'm always learning new things. And your brain is a supercomputer. And so as you learn new things, it's making new connections. And um, and then you just gain wisdom over time. You just learn what stuff to, to worry about. I remember I read a book a while ago called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. No, no, it was, it was called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff or Don't Sweat the Small Things. And uh, it was so eye-opening because I realized that I was – projecting my perfectionism onto uh, people all around me and that's super unfair you know and and when i when i took it off i was able to actually relax more so i just think to me if you can be relaxed on stage then your mind can freely connect and associate and you'll have fun so uh I guess what's you said you were a founder of other things. I didn't. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm co-founder of, of a couple other things, a couple apps. There's one called Glooped, G L O O P T dot com, and you know we 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 have some contracts right now with LinkedIn. It's a B two B app, but it's like a one minute version of Instagram, right? So that uh, I started a company called Humor Dynamics, uh, and that's my corporate entity that goes and does the corporate training and corporate presentations and the motivational speaking. Um, and then from there, man, I just, you know, I, I'm always keeping my finger in stuff. I have a, a digital marketing company. So like we met on Twitter, you know, I have, you know, 5,000 people following me on Twitter. And so I'm I'm helping out like right now 10 different clients with their business marketing and their, their you know, their social media presence and how to how to be more real in their feeds and stop and not just simply, you know, re- retweeting the same garbage, how to add, you know, personality. So I guess, um, how, how did you get started with that, I guess? I got started with that because when I got out of the military, I, I went to go, I knew sales and marketing was where the money was, you know, and I wanted to go where the money was. So I started doing real estate. Uh, I worked briefly for WABC radio station and marketing, and uh, I realized that a lot of marketing is just bullshit, right? A lot of marketing is you put a billboard up and maybe people look at it, maybe people buy it, maybe they don't. The thing about social media and the social media analytics is that you can actually really dive deep and see how well campaigns are working. And I kind of like that kind of honesty about what you're doing for people because you can help create create something for them and then you can actually show them the impressions. You can show them the interactions and the click-through rates. I kind of felt like 
that's a more honest pursuit in marketing. So I did sales for a while. I worked for a couple startup companies uh, in the sales and in the marketing kind of forte. And then after a while, when you make some, when you make a company a half a million dollars, you ask yourself, wait a minute, if I just help them make a half a million, why am I only getting eighty? You know, like maybe I should just go do my own thing and just make my own money, be my own man, my own person. So that's what I decided to do. And uh, would your goal be to eventually just be doing your comedy, or do you like those other things you're doing as well? Um, well, here's the thing. So comedy is going to ebb and flow, and you got to understand there's an industry of comedy. And you don't get into the industry of comedy unless you are on the end um, of the of, of kind of like the of show business. And so you can't predict that. You can't determine that. There's a lot of killer headlining comedians that aren't on the end. You know what I mean? So unless you're going to be kind of brought into that house and get, get on the right management team. I don't know if you know this or not, but in L.A., there's a management company that owns all of the comedy clubs. And so they actually control who goes up on these clubs. So um, with that in mind, unless, I'm, unless I, 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 I slip into some pussy and end up fucking the right person, the odds are that I'm probably not going to end up on that inside anytime soon. So I'm, I'm focused on building my own business that is comedy related, but not necessarily comedy, comedy centric because... Um, I just refuse to be a broke, starving artist. So then I guess like you can enjoy it more when you do do it. So yeah, because it's, 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 you built it yourself. Nobody owns you. You, come, you, go, come, you go and come when you please. You learn to negotiate your own deals. One of my favorite artists is a guy by the name of Ryan Leslie who used to be a producer for Bad Boy Records. He produced uh, this girl named Cassie. She's a platinum award-winning artist. He wrote every song and produced her album. So this guy has royalties for days, but you know, after a couple of studio albums, he went completely independent. You know, now he makes millions of dollars. What well, he says right off his iPhone, he doesn't need all of these middlemen up in his business. So it's about finding your tribe, and I think that if you understand, okay, I have art I want to share, but then also continue to learn the marketing aspects of business along the way, then nobody can touch you. That's why I mean, I have friends. I have a friend right now who's got you know a YouTube channel with you know 150,000 subscribers. You know, he gets on average 20, 25, 30,000 views per, per video and he makes a living. He doesn't need anybody else. You can just keep building that. So I think that's like the future is just being independent, having your own brand and hustling. Yeah. So uh, I guess like uh, anything we haven't covered or anything else you want to say? No, nah, man. I mean, it's cool being interviewed. I've been on a, a couple other different podcasts. I'm, de I'm definitely going to get out there more. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm trying to just expand more into the business world because there's so much money there. There's a site that I'm on, gigmasters.com. I've been on there for about three years now. You know, you can make some real good extra cash uh, doing gigs, corporate gigs, things like that on that site. So I just want to help comics figure out ways to stay afloat so that they can keep pursuing their dream if this is their dream. But then at the same time, they got to really 10x themselves and work a lot harder than they are. That's all I would say. And I guess uh, real quickly, if you just want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and everything. Yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Jamar J. That's Jamar, J-A-M-A-R-R-J. -A -R -R um, Instagram, Twitter, both the same. YouTube, my, my YouTube channel is just Jamar J. Johnson right now. I'm going to, like I said, come out with some branded channels where I kind of posts kind of specific stuff um i'm into just uh business i'm into you know health wealth and, and comedy man those are my three things man you know just be wealthy fit and funny that's my goal
All right. Well, uh, I think that does it for this episode uh, for of uh, BSing with Sean K. Uh, thanks again. You know what, Sean? You you sure don't do a lot of BSing. You just get you just straight up business. It's just so. Uh, tell me what is it like to uh, do comedy in uh, California? Okay. All right. Next question. Uh, I'm like, where's the BSing part, Sean? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes it depends on the episode, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you should be forcing the action. Like, actually, like, well, you know, one of the easy things to, to, to actually BS on a podcast, though, is just to uh, uh, poke fun. You could try that, Sean. Like, this whole episode, I'm looking at half of your fucking face on the screen on Skype because you, you didn't have the wherewithal to put the camera in front. <laughs> there we go. Still, no, the camera's still half your I see half your face, Sean. <laughs> uh, and then you have... Uh, you got this 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 computer software kept shutting down, so I was like, "What the hell's going on with you, Sean? What the hell's going on?" Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just this is what you call that's BSing, Sean. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I'm frozen." <laughs> Have you ever taken improv, Sean? Uh, a little bit, yeah. A little bit. Hey, take some more. It's worthwhile, man. I, it's it, it'll help your stand up. I took some UCB when I was in New York, and then uh, also um. I did. I took some uh, some one-on-one in, uh, uh, improv classes from a guy named uh, Joe Klosek, who, if you check him out on, on iTunes, dude is hilarious. He had a Comedy Central half hour years ago, but funny dude. So yeah, well, I man. Do more just... like act, I do more like acting and like filmmaking more than. Well, yeah, I can tell. I can yeah. tell. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh... stiff as a board right now. You stiff as a board. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, yeah, let's 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 do this again sometime. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah. So uh, I should have more episodes coming soon. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned, people, and give this guy support. Give him love. Give him a couple of dollars too, man. I'm just I'm looking at his jacket right now. It looks like it could use a, a upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. Peace out. Right. You too. Later. <laughs>